Grand Rising, everyone. Natalie coming to live. Spirit and coffee. Got my coffee here. Slither in house. Yeah. Woo woo. Decided to get up and get ready <laughs> today. Instead of just roll out of bed and get on here. Um, but you know, that is kind of what's going on. A new year is arising. Um, people are making, you know, their new year's resolutions, their declarations, setting their goals and intentions for the year. And, um, you know, it has been a crazy whirlwind these past couple of years, three years, whatever, whenever the pandemic hit, um, there was a lot that changed. There was a whirlwind and now we're sort of coming out on the other end and it's going to take a while. And really, what are we doing? We're setting new patterns. We're looking for new ways to engage the world. We're recognizing that the old ways are not necessarily, they don't work and we can actually shift it. So worldview is changing um, and it's not easy. It's not easy to figure out how to maneuver through this change and transformation that's occurring. And some people are still, they don't know what to do. Um, well, from the psychological perspective, um, people have gone through some very traumatic events and I would say probably some PTSD. And we don't even know what the ripple effects are going to be of this pandemic, right? It's um, people don't really understand karma is a huge, vast concept. It's not just, oh, karma's going to get you. That's not what it's about. It is the sort of like the web of life. And if you pull on one string, it impacts the rest of everything else. So think of it as a spider's web in a way. If you think about a spider's web and the spider is slowly crawling along, well, as it crawls, even though they're on one part of the web, that doesn't mean that the other part doesn't have an impact or that there's not a ripple on the web somewhere. Or if a fly gets caught, that it doesn't shake the other part of the web. That's the same thing that happens. There's ripples like the water. Or if you drop a pebble into the ocean and you see that there's this um, ripple effect that happens. And those ripple effects go who knows where. We don't really know. We can only see as far as the eye can see, but we don't understand the impact that that's going to happen after it. So we're still feeling the residual and we're going to feel the residual for the rest of our lives. It's it, it changed everything what happened. So how do we deal with this and how do we understand where we're at? And part of that is really understanding who you are um, and who are you is a big question. Right. And it changes. But for individuals or for adults who are sort of in their midlife, um, this becomes a challenge. It becomes a challenge because we have to readdress the issues that we didn't when we were younger. Now, we can say that they're not there. We could say, oh, it's not there. I don't care. This and that and the other. It doesn't matter. It's always going to come back to haunt you because it was programmed in the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind holds the base programming that we have as children. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to live under the guise of that base programming for the rest of our lives. That's that's not what that means. It just means that it's there and we need to recognize and understand it and honor it and give it the attention that it deserves so that we can maneuver through it. Otherwise, it is going to play out in our life in the in a subconscious way. We're going to create the patterns over and over again, not realizing why we end up with the same results in our life. 
and we're going to look at our life and say, you know, we could, and there's people who do want to blame everybody else for the results. But the reality is, is if we start to focus on ourselves, if we look internally at who we are and how we have been responsible for the results in our life, then we can shift. Now, taking responsibility is not about saying I blame myself or it's all my fault or it taking responsibility gives us the power. It puts power back in our hands to shift and change our consciousness, to change our mind, to change the way that we view the world. That is what personal responsibility is about. Am I going to say, because we can have this vic victimhood and they are, they are changing this, right? They're changing the language from victim to survivor. And there's a reason for that. Because if we say we're victims to something, then we have the victim mindset. And that mindset puts us in a perpetual cycle of what? Victimhood. So we become victimized by everything. We don't have the power in our hands. We're placing the power in somebody else's hands. And there, this is how we maneuver through these big traumatic things. And the biggest trauma that, you know, I personally was focused on, and I think I guys told you was like sex trafficking. Now there are children and stuff that are a part of this. Now they are caged. Now, how could they, let's say they came out of that. And how can we say, well, they're survivors. They weren't victims. Well, if they accept the fact that this was the story that they went through and take responsibility for how they feel about it and reclaim their power, now they're able to maneuver through. Now that's a very extreme example. So you have been perhaps, quote unquote, or felt like a victim to something. So what you could do is say, well, what have I felt like I was a victim to? Maybe it was your parents and their way of raising you, or maybe it was a loved one, or maybe it was a relationship that you were in that went bad. Or maybe it was a friend who did something bad to you or whatever it might be, right? So these circumstances we can look at and we can say, how am I responsible? How do I, good morning, GP man, how am I responsible for this relationship? How do I take my power back? Part of it could be like, well, I allowed that person to step all over me and I didn't speak up my truth. Or I was abusive myself. And you can take that ownership and say, I was abusive. I was the one who did this and start to change and shift that as well. So it's really being honest with yourself and authentic with how you feel. Now, again, feelings are not something that uh, people necessarily want to live into. Uh, emotions and all that are not easy to go through. And that's why they, they kind of call that shadow work because it's hard. It's, it's not tangible. It's not something you can touch, right? When we think about scientific stuff, scientific are th are tangible things, right? That we can touch. Well, we can assess how somebody's feeling. We can assess how, um, uh, where somebody's going in their life. We can measure if they're, we think they're successful. We can measure their career. We can measure all of these things but we can't measure the internal world and the feelings that people are having inside. We can look at them and we can conceptualize them, but the experience of them is something very real. And so we need to honor that experience. And that experience can't be put into a bottle and looked at scientifically. Nothing's gonna change. Now, they try to change it through medication. So they'll say, well, you have this, take medicine. 
But the reality is, is that medicine is really not helping you address the, the underlying issues that are happening within the subconscious mind, okay, or the unconscious mind. So it's awakening those things, looking at them and ga gaining your power back and looking at them and saying, being realistic with yourself, this is how it made me feel, or putting boundaries around relationships that no longer serve you. And then it helps you to move forward, but you have to address the traumas. You have to be able to look at them. You have to look at the fear. You have to look at all those things in order to move through them. If you don't, then what happens is they stay programmed and then you play them out unconsciously and you don't even realize you attract the same relationships. You attract the same type of people and you're like, how do I keep ending up in this situation? The best way and the way that I actually re recognized my own internal patterning was to travel and get away from all the people I knew. I lived in an entirely different country and didn't know anybody. I had no clue. I didn't know anybody. They didn't know me. And guess what? I ended up repeating the same exact patterns that I was creating in my life. And that was a big aha moment for me. That was like, okay. You know, this isn't, this isn't just uh, the area that I live in. This is actually me creating the circumstances that show up in my life. So how do I shift it? What is it that I get to do? How do I engage my life differently to shift that energy into something different? And part of it is addressing the underlying <laughs> programming that we had when we were little. Now, that doesn't mean you get stuck there forever. You know, I think in therapy, sometimes they keep you stuck in this perpetual cycle of, you know, let's look at the past. Let's look at the past. It's no in coaching or in the work that I do. It's how do you move through it? What are the practices that can help you move through it? So we address it. We address the issue as it arises. We look at it and we move the energy. And there's different practices that you can do. I've talked about practices many a time but the programming is going to stay there and in order for us to reclaim our power and to move forward right is to actually um face it and move through it i'm on my i am my own worst enemy yes we are we are our own worst enemy and we we it's so so what it is is it's easier to play victim right it's easier to be the victim of you know these things it's it's easier to say, well, it, it was them, it was, they did this, this, that, the other, and point fingers. It's harder to say, how was I responsible? It's harder to say, well, how, how did I do my part and how do I move forward? It's harder to look at ourselves and be objective. And it's even harder for us to receive feedback. Like how many of you had feed, how many of you just love when someone gives you feedback that's just, it, it feels like an attack, right? But really, feedback is our greatest opportunity. And sometimes those individuals we can't stand the most, the ones who are just like, Ugh, they're the ones that give us our biggest lessons. And you, I'm sure you've heard that over and over again. And it is true. It's true because it triggers those parts of ourselves we don't want to look at. You know, it's easier to look at like you have, you're surrounded by people who you love and they just love you and everything about you so wonderful and you just feel so yummy gummy around them and all cozy and you're like, yes, these people are so awesome and they just love me. And, and it's easy to be around those people and you just love them back and everything's just great. And you guys gel. And then 
someone comes and throws a wrench and is like, yeah, I, they, they call you out on stuff and this and that and the other. They just trigger something inside of you. Those individuals are the ones that are helping you transform into something different. They're the ones that are pointing out the shit that you don't want to look at. And, and it's hard. It's not easy, right? You're like, oh God, why? Like this person, it just, and so when someone, if someone agitates me, somebody triggers something inside of me, I look at that and I say, why? What's going on here? What's inside of me that's causing me to be triggered by this person? Are there unresolved issues inside of me that I see within this individual that I haven't addressed? And, and it's, it's helpful because it helps me grow, right? Because in the discomfort is where growth happens. And, you know, you guys know that. But is it easy? No. I mean, we could talk about it all the time, right? We could say it over and over and over again, but it's the practice of it. That's where transformation happens is when we throw ourselves into it and practice it, not talk about it, not conceptualize it, not act as though we know, but to actually live it, to be it, to show up as it. Well, that's not easy. And that's the hardest part. So, you know, there's going to be people, sometimes we're just like, I'm going to avoid them altogether. Now, if they're toxic, if they're harmful, if they're, you know, abusive, yes, yeah, set up those boundaries. But if they're just triggering you <laughs> and it's because you don't want to face the shit that you don't want to face, I highly encourage you to face it, okay? To look at it, to really, really look at it and say, you know, am I triggered by this person because there's some unresolved confliction inside of me? that I need to, and then not being a victim to them. Or if there's somebody and there's, so we have people that call the doormats, right? Where people run all over other people and they let them. And that too, you gotta ask yourself, why are you letting people run all over you? Out of fear of what? Not being liked? That's usually what it is. I wanna be liked. Not everyone is gonna like you, okay? I know I've talked about this before, and I'm sorry to tell you this. Not everyone will like you. That's not even your job to make everyone like you. You've got to like you. you got to learn to like you, not worry about what everybody else thinks about you. But who do, what do you think about yourself? Are you a good human being? Because not everybody's going to like you. And sometimes people who are doormats want to be liked and people pleasers. Why? Because they want to be accepted. So there's that. And then on the other spectrum, there's those who bully other people. And they do it because they want power and control. So looking at that too, am I doing that to somebody, right? Am I placing my will and forcing my will upon somebody? Am I trying to manipulate them into what I want them to do rather than helping elevate and ignite somebody into their greatest potential? Those are questions you can ask yourself. I mean, that is what a magician does. It's like, how can we get this potentiality of a person and rise them up rather than let me bend you to the will, my will. And that's, that's hard, right? Because we have that. And if you work a nine to five job, they're bending you to their will all the time. <laughs> Not easy to get out of that one because you've got to make a living. I feel like mostly about, I feel mostly about tone. Um, I'm highly sensitive to tone and attitude. I feel like criticism can be given gently. Um, for the dominating people pleasing is one to keep the peace. Is it to keeping the peace? Um, so yeah, I think tone is important, but the reality is not everybody's going to give that tone. And that's life. 
So it, it sucks. You want people to be like nice about it, but that they're not always nice about it. And so again, we can be the victims of that. We could say, well, we're victims of tone, the way they talk to me, poor me, poor me. Or we can say, they gave me that tone and is it real for me? Is the feedback real? Because at the end of the day, tone and all that doesn't matter. What matters is how it triggers you. Does it trigger you? And if it does, why? If it started, if it, if something, so if someone is, is giving you a loud tone, it's just a loud tone. Now this goes into a deeper concept. That's usually hard for people to get on board with is that nothing's true nor false. And it is what it is. And it's not true. Even if someone was talking, you mean, you could say, well, that person was talking to me. Well, is it true? Do you know? But there would be a tonality to it, right? Good morning, bestie. And that tonality can you can say well that that hurt my feelings well okay that hurt your feelings now what and so what what are you going to do with that you can't change the way somebody's tone is you can't change the way they give you feedback all you can do is ask yourself why does it trigger me or even why does those tonalities trigger me why is it when someone talks to me what is the trigger within me when somebody yells at me you don't have to be a part of it. You could definitely exit it, right? And if it's definitely abusive, I would say get out, set your boundaries. You know, that might be the lesson for you is for you to speak up against that. But, you know, that's your lesson. But you've got to take control back and ask yourself how you're responsible. And that's not an easy task, right? It's not easy to say, well, how how do I do this or how do it's not. And especially when we're in the moment or when it's heated in the moment. Um, so these triggers of taking back your personal responsibility is highly critical and important to move you through. Okay. And it's latent in our subconscious mind. And literally the people that we're surrounded by, the ones that trigger us the most are the ones that are there for our biggest growth potential. And we, and you know, it's looking at it. Sometimes it's hard to be neutral. If you can, if you can sit in neutral when these things are happening, you can actually expand and grow from it. You can learn something about yourself and the individual, but being in neutral in a situation like this is not easy. If somebody is telling you something that's triggering something inside of you and you feel like it's a judgment or it's criticism or it's feedback in a way that's uncomfortable, right? To sit in neutral and really just let it land, that's like a master does that, right? You have to master this. It's not <laughs> it's not easy to take those criticisms especially when we feel like we're we're running short because internally we are our worst critic right so when someone's like igniting those things inside of us and we're like oh i don't want to hear this like oh someone's like i need to give you feedback and you're just like i don't want to hear the feedback shut up <laughs> but instead can we sit there and listen and just be in neutral and notice when the trigger comes up and not do anything. Don't try to defend it. Don't try to make yourself look right. Don't try to avoid it. Just allow it to land. Not easy. But that does actually separate the beginners from the masters. And masters do this all the time. I mean, think about it. When you think about 
perhaps the Dalai Lama or even Gandhi or, you know, all these people who believe in like peace and harmony. You know, there are people who disagree with them. Not everybody is, was in love with Gandhi. And in fact, when I lived in India, some of those people were, were really frustrated with the way Gandhi did things. You know, they talk about him. They, didn't, they weren't like, oh, he was so wonderful. Not everybody in the world thought Gandhi was wonderful. Okay. Now, what do I think his philosophy is? Yes, I think his philosophy is wonderful. But there's not everybody who believes what the Dalai Lama has to say. But what has he mastered? Someone could probably spit in his face and tell him all these things. And I guarantee it's not, he's human. It's not that it doesn't frustrate him or bother him or that he doesn't have these emotions. It's that he allows his body, his mind to sit in neutral and just listen to it. And if it's true, it's going to trigger him. If it's not true, it's not going to trigger him. So it's easy. It's, it, I mean, it's hard. It's not easy to sit there and get the feedback from somebody. But it helps, helps us to grow too because we ourselves cannot really, we can be our own critic, yes, but there are things we can't see, right? And that's why like life coaching, that's why I love life coaching because life coaching is like looking at, you know, those blind spots that we don't see. Everybody, like a coach in sports, everybody has a coach because why? Because the coach can see things that the person who's playing the game can't. And there's tweaks. And what do the what do the people say? Do this again. Do that again. If those people didn't listen to their coach, what would happen? They wouldn't be as great as they were. So behind every great athlete is a coach. And behind every coach, right, is experience and the ability to give feedback even when they don't want to. So when you're listening to a coach or if you're doing live coaching, they're going to take you in places you don't want to go. They're not going to keep you there, but they're going to have you face it and move through it and practice moving through it. And that's the difference between a beginner and a master. Again, it's not that the master doesn't experience these triggers. It's that they can resolve them faster. They, they transform the energy faster. They're able to take that energy in and shift the energy. Even if it bothers them, you wouldn't even know. But I guarantee you that the Dalai Lama is not perfect. <laughs> and he's frustrated sometimes. So all of these sages and gurus and all that, right? You even have the story of Jesus who got pissed off and went into the temple. He was triggered. They're going to say, well, he was just so peaceful. No, he wasn't. He threw the tables and he told them off. Get the hell out of here. What are you guys doing? You're making blasphemy right in my father's house throwing tables or whatever he did he wasn't just he got triggered <laughs> so we all get triggered right but then later on in life he learned how to master that he learned how to master those triggers within him right and then the tax person came and said yo what do you say about taxes now and he said give unto god what is god give unto caesar's what is caesar's you know, but before that, he was pissed. <laughs> he was like, why are you guys doing this? Ah! <laughs> you know? So we learn, and that's how you learn. You learn to overcome it that way. 
Now it's not easy. So it's being able to sit in the discomfort. It's being able to sit in the, in getting the feedback and taking that feedback and actually going into neutrality, being neutral. So the practice of it. Now I typically, it's really a mindset. I think for my experience, and I can tell you I've done this quite often. Someone will give me feedback. I don't necessarily always like feedback either. Um, and sometimes I get triggered. And so when I feel triggers coming up and I feel like I want to defend myself and I'm like, you're incorrect or whatever it is, I just breathe and listen and sit in neutral. And here's what I do. If it's true for me, then I say, is this true for me? Did they ignite something inside of me, some unresolved issue that I need to look at? And then if it's not, if it arises, and it's like, it's not true. I don't have a need to defend something that's not true. So I just, it doesn't, it doesn't land. I'm like, I'm sorry. And what you see with people who are trying to place something on you, if it's not true for you, a poetic, and you allow yourself to drop into that neutral space, but it's not true for you, it's not landing. You're like, this doesn't land for me. I'm sorry, I don't, you know, they start to like, they, they're they looking for you to defend something. When you start to defend, it means that it's triggering something inside of you. Because you don't need to defend whatever you feel is true for you or not true for you. You don't need to defend it. If it's not true, you won't defend it. You, you don't need to. If someone calls you, you know, an asshole, <laughs> and you were being kind, you don't need to prove it. You're like, whatever. If they think I'm being an asshole, well, that wasn't how I was being. I wasn't, that's internally, that's not how I feel. I was being, or I, that's not even the essence that I felt behind the energy. So whatever they're saying is irrelevant to me. And that's how I take it. I have nothing to defend. I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, I don't know why you feel that way, but that's not what's happening for me. And they can't take that away from you, right? And okay, so you feel that way. Now, I could be inquisitive and say, well, why do you feel that way? What did I do that made you feel that way? What What is me? And then there might be an opportunity to open up the conversation. But if somebody came to me and said something and I was triggered and I felt the need to defend it, then I'm like, okay, I need to look at this. Because they said something inside of me that's triggering me internally and I need to understand why is it triggering me? What am I needing to defend? Because there's unresolved conflict inside of you when you do that. <laughs> it's triggering you for a reason. Now, people are going to give you feedback. Okay. Common sense is not common these days. Greetings, beautiful. Uh, oh, wait. What does it say, sir? I need a coach. Oh, okay. Um, yes, you can contact me for if you do spiritandbrew at gmail.com. Um, you can reach out to me and we can talk about coaching if you are interested. I don't take on many clients and I don't promote coaching. Um, the reason why is because I'm not a watered down coach. I don't want to say people are watered down coach. That's probably not nice. But I don't take on a lot of clients because I think it's too much energy. Very picky about who I take on as coaching and usually only take on three, like about three clients. Three to four clients max at a time. 
And the reason why, and I'm gonna, I'll just give you a little background about coaching, um, is because a coach, if I, the thing is, it's big energy that you're dealing with. And for me, if I am not living in integrity, then I won't coach somebody. My life has to be on point in order for me to take on energy because I'm helping you get your life on point. So if my life's on point, how can I, you know, if my life's not on point, then how can I help you get your life on? This doesn't even make sense. Mike says, hi, hi. We'd like to see you guys at Kung Fu. Hopefully you guys can come. <laughs> I haven't seen you guys in a while. Um, so yeah. So coaching, reach out to me, spiritandbrew at gmail.com. That is my thing. And then if you want, you can go to Spirit and Coffee One. Um, send me a message. I'm on Facebook Live as well. You go to spiritandcoffee.com and you can find all kinds of stuff there as well. Okay. So um, yes, it's below your frequency. So, you know, just understanding that, that you, when you get feedback, you can stay, stay in neutral. Dropping into neutral isn't always easy. It's not, it's, it's a, it's hard. We want to defend ourselves. We want to be right. We want to look good. We don't want to look bad. I mean, who wants to look bad? Nobody. I don't think anybody's like, hey, look at me. I want to look bad. Okay, there might be a few people in the world. Okay, I won't say nobody. <laughs> think about the Joker in this situation, <laughs> right? Or um, oh, there was this movie I watch. Mm. It's um, Kung Fu Hustle, in fact. And you know the guy, he's trying to just be this villain he wants to be the villain he wants to be a bad guy you know and he doesn't do very good at it at the end he does you'll you'd have to watch kung fu hustle to understand the movie but highly recommend go watch it kind of a, a interesting fun movie you know but people aren't the majority of people aren't raising their hand saying hey i want to look like a jerk i want to be an ass you know hey uh, i want to you know so people want to they want the best image of their self to come out but that's not always the case, right? We're not just like this robot who's like, oh, I'm just so perfect. Da, 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 da. No, we're not. We're a little quirky. We have our personalities. We want to defend, you know, we want people to see the best of us. We want to magnify the best parts of ourselves, you know, and sometimes we're not the best and that's okay. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so those are the opportunities when we're like not the best and people are telling us like, yo, this is what's going on. And, and we could say, oh, let me look at that. What might that mean for me? How might I grow from this? How might I become a better human being from this? How is this helping me grow? Because it is, it's there to help you grow and understand. Now, I'm just going to say this again. That doesn't mean you take abuse. That doesn't mean that you stay around abusive individuals. If they're abusive, mentally abusive, you know, your lesson, again, could be speaking up and setting boundaries. That could be what's happening. But if you're getting feedback and the feedback is, you know, you need to improve something or, you know, you're, you're not doing so great in this area rather than being upset about it, say, okay, you know what? Maybe I do. Maybe I can look at that. Maybe there is potential growth for me. Maybe I do. Maybe I'm getting triggered by this because I know that I'm not living up to my potential. And I know that there's more for me. And I know that I can grow. And not defend it. Just listen. 
sometimes. Just listen, just take it in and say, okay. And then being able to communicate, well, maybe you're correct. And even saying this, I've done this before and I can tell you this changes a conversation completely. This will change the dialogue. When someone says, well, this and that and the other, and if I feel a trigger and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I was being that way. So you know what I'll say? You're right. I was. You're correct. And they like freak out because most people want to defend it and not take responsibility for it. And if you're being that way, tell them you're, you're right. I was, I was, and here's why, <laughs> here's why I was being that way because not this person was a jerk. This person was a, this, this person was a, that rather than that. Well, because I felt you take personal responsibility back into your own hands because I felt this way, because I, not because what they did. If someone did trigger, you could say, well, they did that. And I'm not saying it's right or, you know, it's true that they feel this way about me, but it did something inside of me. It made me feel a certain way. And I probably behaved in a way that I shouldn't have. Did I learn from that? Absolutely. Will it happen again? No, I'll make sure that I communicate how I, what's going on next time. So it doesn't boil to this point. It's a different dialogue. And what it does is it gives you the opportunity to take power, your power back and grow. And not only that, you're going to get respect in a way that you've never had respect before. People respect. It's, it's really interesting. People that defend rather than listen and say, yeah, okay, that's true. It, it changes the dialogue. And people start to say, oh, well, they're accepting the fact that, okay, well, there's room for growth and potential. And you can say, look, I'm working on it. I'm going through something right now. I'm working on it. This is what's happening. Changes the dialogue. So uh, hopefully this is helpful. Um, also, I told you I'm reading The Greatest Salesman in the World. Um, it's a super wonderful book that can help you through the new year. Um, as you're setting goals. Um, and, you know, I'm on the first scroll. The first scroll talks about, you know, creating good habits and becoming their slave. Like that's what the first scroll talks about. Set a good habit for yourself. Get the book, read it, do the scrolls. I highly recommend it. If you can do the 300 day commitment, I guarantee it'll shift your entire life. You'll start living a life um, that's fruitful and successful. Um, and success, I mean the way you define success, not the way anybody else does, but you start to live your success. And so um, it's a book that I know many business people have read. Um, in fact, I would say if you're a business person, haven't read it, you probably should, <laughs> um, that it really does actually give us some um, keys to shifting our mindset around success and what it means and how we create the life that we want. So um, today I start a new life is how it began the scroll, the first scroll. So today you begin a new life. You're going to shift your habits, right? You're going to become a slave to good habits since we are slave to habit. You might as well be a slave to good habits. So highly recommend you read the book, okay? Girls, Greatest Salesman. And it's a small book, probably like five bucks or something like that. Super inexpensive. Um, and um, or get it on audiobook, however you want to do it. 
So I recommend that. Okay. So I love you guys. Um, try to get on here a little bit more now that I'm a little bit more stabilized. Um, again, if you wanted coaching, please reach out to me. I can definitely um, talk to you about what that looks like. And um, anybody else who's looking for coaching, I have one client right now that I'm working with. So she gets all of my stuff and then I'm bringing on another one. So um, probably take two more clients and that's it. Okay. Um, so there you have it. Uh, love you guys so much. Have a fantastical day and I will be seeing you guys soon. Bye-bye.